Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome back to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. And today is the conclusion of part two of a great two-part interview that we've had with Amy Kelly. And folks, I mean, Amy is the vice president of consulting for the John Gordon Companies and a human resource and talent development executive who's known for building high performance talent and cultures in the workplace, including award-winning workplaces and leadership development programs. Folks, she's released a brand new book titled Glue, a leadership development strategy to bond and unite. And we've been discussing her book and these strategies. And if you missed any of part one, you need to go back and catch up because we just don't have time to back up and cover everything all over again for you. And she has just, oh, these concepts are great and they can be they can be put to work in just about any workplace environment. I'm telling you, and you need to order her book. Drop down the show notes while you're listening. Go ahead and order her book. But right now, let's jump back into the interview with Amy Kelly. In modern day businesses, how does this story fit into the discussion of minimizing disagreements and negative emotional energy that you describe? Well, there, there are a couple of different scenarios that I see very frequently. One is people who are newer to being a manager or a leader many times, and it's always happened in the workplace. I do think it happens more because there's a lot more flexibility in the market to leave jobs and go to new jobs. And so managers are not equipped to just accept that it, it's not ideal when someone leaves your team, but their behavior in the first seconds when someone says, you know, I did get another job, I got another opportunity. Mm-hmm. And generally they say they're very grateful for what occurred at their current company, but they're leaving. Yeah. And when you want to have a, a, a workplace that truly supports its employees. The goal is not to have people leave. I know that because I'm always measuring things about retention and engagement. And the inevitable thing that happens to any leader in any organization is someone will leave your team. And a lot of times they will leave because you've helped them grow so much that they got an even better opportunity. So how do you prepare managers for that? And, And that's one piece of what's happening in the book is someone else's dream. You know, there's a dream that no longer completely included the person that the partnership was, was started with. And that doesn't have to be a a destructive um, thing that happens because it's an, it it happens. It's inevitable. And, And when we let others grow, we grow too. And how do you learn and, and get prepared to do that as a leader? Because I find when people haven't prepared that they can respond in their least mature way instead of their most mature way. And not only does it alienate the person who is making most of the time, I'm just making the best decision for their family. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it also sends a message to your team that you really aren't for them. If, if, as soon as someone leaves. So I see that a lot. And I see that with executives because, you know, I've seen people screaming in offices saying, you're dead to me. You know, you get out of here, get out of the building. You know, you, you no longer, and, and this was a, you know, a 10, 15 year business relationship that, and it didn't have to be that way because that particular example ended up, you know, causing multi-million dollar deals to go in different directions that could have benefited everyone because the, the, the pride and the break and the, the anger um, stopped communication completely and became something that impacted lives in both organizations and the market space. So that's that's one thing. The other thing is that people don't get specific preparation for conflict in general. You know, when you have different um, ideas about things, just understanding that that is going to happen. It's actually something you want in your business is to have different perspectives. Amen. And instead of labeling everything and believing that it's bad, leaders need to be prepared, even when it's hard. You know, it gets easier to understand that, wow, I want people to come and tell me if they're thinking about something different, because that's how we elevate our, our ideas. It's also how we actually they have real, genuine, authentic conversations. And if you're not having them with your team, they're having them maybe separately in the break room or online or on the phone. And, and that's what creates more negativity across the team and an organization. And so between the, the lack of structure and confidence to address disagreement so that it doesn't have to be conflict, it can be actually a gift and then being prepared for the fact that people will leave they will go they will grow and when they go and grow you want to embrace the opportunity to support them because you will grow too and especially one other relevant fact in this particular area is that i'm seeing more and more with uh, companies that a phenomenon that's been out there for a long time but it, it boomerang employees where especially uh, different, newer to the workforce folks, they may think, wow, the grass looks greener. We've all had that experience where this opportunity now looks better than the current opportunity that I have. And when that is something that happens to a lot of people and you want the door to be open to people leave. And I've had many, many people come back to companies where I worked or just because when they left, I would say, honestly, look, I don't want you to go. I want you, this sounds like a good opportunity. I feel like you could still grow here, but I want to support you and we'll always be here for you. So definitely if it, if for some reason, anything doesn't work out, please, please let us know, stay in touch, keep, you know, come back. And that type many times, you know, in life we'll go and we'll think something's better. And people are afraid to go back and talk to their previous teams because they're embarrassed, but that's also a natural thing. Sometimes the grass isn't greener and, um, and the people that allowed them the opportunity to pursue that and still have dignity to, to say, I really, I want to be, come back. Mm-hmm. That that's a, that's a big growth opportunity for everyone. Amen. Amen. That is so true. And by doing that, 
a lot of times when people get to where the grass is greener, they find out it's greener because there's a lot more manure spread around over there. You know, <laughs> so, and you know they they'd rather have the fresh veggies than the fresh whatever. <laughs> but, it's, it's there's no perfect workplace, right? And right. and there nobody's saying that there is. It's it's that sometimes the only way to, to learn is to experience things. Yeah. You can't. And, and I know that I've learned a lot of lessons, what someone would say the hard way mm-hmm. where I thought something would be better. And I tried it and it was a very good lesson because I knew for sure that it, mm-hmm. that it wasn't better. Yeah. And so, and sometimes it will be the right decision, but it, as far as relationships in work and in business and uh, it being ready to, apply glue, let someone go and grow, grow with them. And then when it does come to uh, just a disagreement in a business where you feel like this person has done something unforgivable, how can we shift to say, no, my goal is to be the ultimate teammate and forgive, even if I think I'm right, And what can I learn through extending that type of professional love and support to someone? And uh, it it changes everything. It creates much stronger bonds. And um, it's really amazing how God works in those situations where people, and it doesn't, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful process. And our timetable, it's not our timetable. Right. Exactly. Yeah. How did the the COVID pandemic, the shutdowns and, and all of that affect what you're trying to share in this book? Mm, I, the, the thing that, that it didn't, it didn't necessarily affect this book per se, because, um, but what, what has affected relationships with the COVID um, shutdown and the pandemic is that people have said, you know, I'm, I'm tired of doing things online. You know, there's a lot of online fatigue and there's a yeah. lot of confusion and frustration with trying to create connection um, through an online source. And what I've been, um, the, the connection to this book is what we believe matters. So I've been encouraging people, I've seen proof and been involved in teams that actually became more connected through the pandemic and we're communicating only online and brought together global teams in ways they hadn't before. And the connection back to what you believe matters is that we haven't been operating as online teams for as long as we've been operating, believing that going into the workplace is the only way to communicate and connect, that face-to-face connection is best. That's where we quote unquote can feel the energy. And we, but the, and the truth is that's what we know. That's what we have experience with. Most of us didn't have experience with online connection and how to do that. And we've been learning. And when you're learning, it can be a bumpy road. You learn what some things that work, some things that don't work, but what our words matter when we say, oh, can't wait to get back in person. That's great. And there is, there are benefits to being in person. What we should be doing, I think, is continuing to magnify what we've learned about the online world too. There are great things where it wasn't, I had a meeting this morning with a team that I'm working with in Cameroon. It was 7 a.m. here. It was 12 noon there. 
And, you know, that connection fundamentally would not exist without online. And, and quite frankly, when I met the person that I'm working with through that project, I thought, well, unless I can get on a plane and go to Africa, what am I really going to be able to do for these women? And so when it comes to the pandemic, I think that that's what I've seen the most of is what and it, it does relate to the book. What we believe matters. It comes through in our leadership. We need to understand that we need to set our minds in advance that when it appears we're headed for a break, we know what to do. We've got our glue ready. And then when it comes to pandemic work, it has been challenging because we've been in a constant state of doing things. Most of the companies in a completely new way. for an extended period, which puts a lot of strain on everyone. And it makes you long for, oh gosh, I knew what I was doing before, right? That was so easy when (laughs) you're comfortable. And that's a normal thing too. I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable when people don't leave my team. I'm comfortable when we agree on everything. I'm comfortable if we can meet in person and I can shake your hand. And And, you know, the pandemic, everything's uncomfortable because, and, and it was just that, that's, that's what I've seen. So it's put pressure on relationships and, you know, I've, I've encouraged people to be very careful to not say, well, we just can't have a strong team if we're all only online. Mm -hmm. It's not true. We don't, we don't, we haven't practiced that one as much. And, and, and it's, and we need to be kind to ourselves and others because we have just begun to understand how to create strong bonds and unity through using different resources. Just like you said at the beginning of our interview, you said, you know, I started this uh, years ago in 2010 and I didn't know how to do anything I'm doing and it took time. (laughs) So it's taking time. And going back to the book, if you have, if you're prepared with a framework, I've found that to help people. I've seen that work in preparation is something that whether it's the military, whether it's family, whether it's anything, if you have some preparation, you're going to respond differently. And I think that that's what happened to Linda and Cindy is they were not prepared. They had not been communicating and both of their behaviors were shocks and it meant a lot to each and it caused an emotional response on both sides that wasn't their best. Yeah. Amen. Well, since you mentioned the home, does this book glue help to create the same type of environment in the home as well as in the workplace? Absolutely. And I'm sure you've experienced this when I, I'm still really studying this because my, my, my family reminds me of things that aren't done through the lens of the book regularly. And I actually have um, two relationships in particular that have, have been more of a struggle, honestly, but, but it goes back to, I know that I haven't been loving the way that I'm called to love. So it it's highlighted the solution being correct and the strategy being correct. And it's um, definitely elevated my love walk and continues to do that. But yes, God's love does unite everyone and above all these things put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And when you slow down and make a decision to, and you can do this in the workplace, it's, uh, we're not, 
love in the workplace is being empathetic, being authentic, you know, caring about other people's needs and, and, and wanting the best for them and helping them grow. And it, it's, it's been teaching, teaching and guiding. Yes. in our, in our family and in our own interactions and, and those that I've talked to about it, uh, I've actually had a lot of moms reach out to me and say, I gave your book to my daughter who was having a disagreement with one of her friends. I, and you know, they, they had a hard time because they were hurt. Right. And they wanted to say, well, I'm going to freeze her out and delete all my social media connections. And she's, you know, just like that workplace example I gave you where the, the, the 55 year old man was screaming, he's dead to me. The, the young girl was ready to just destroy the relationship over a misunderstanding and I, and I was, I did get the chance to talk to this person. I said, 25 years from now, you really won't even remember what you were upset about, but you'll remember if you walk away from a relationship. Yeah. Yep. Amen. And so, um, so it's, it's neat to see how, yes, is the bottom line. Yes. The same um, structure and framework that was intended to be shared through this workplace story is useful in any type of relationship. Amen. Amen. How can someone who may be deeply involved in like a community project use these precepts to rally support for the cause while still allowing all the personal and professional growth of those involved that may not always be involved with the organization? You know, a lot of organizations rely on volunteers and things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, I think volunteers as a year of pastor too, and you know that I think it's even more tricky when you're working with volunteers because you don't have, even though no one, I don't know anyone that absolutely loves having a performance review, even though I've had some that have been wonderful. The reason I'm referencing it is that in the, the workplace, there are aspects that have more clarity. You know, you're not relying on a volunteer. It's a paid relationship. It's a business relationship. And because of some of those, you know, the structures, the boundaries, the clarity, uh, it's easier to have uh, conversations about things that we agreed to this. This is what we're going to do. And when you're relying on someone as a volunteer, and some of those things are not available as a, as a component of, of the conversations. So when it comes to volunteering, I I think that it's, it's the way I think about managing and leading anyway. And so the, the structure does help there too, because if you're thinking about helping someone grow, if you're thinking about putting on love, then those priorities will allow you to honor and serve others in a way that um, it, it creates a, a very good culture for productivity and engagement. And then you're, you're not, um, people don't feel like the volunteering is a, um, is a burden. They'll become burden bearers, but not burdened by it. Amen. Amen. Yeah, because with volunteers, you know, you're you're centering your project, the accomplishment of these goals that have to be reached. And, and you know, someone else is like, oh, my daughter has a recital tonight, so I'm not going to be able to come over and help. And now you're, you know, the, the project manager is like, oh, what are we going to do? Because, you know, I was, you know, it's like you said, with the, uh, an employment situation, it's like, 
you're here from eight to five or whatever the time is. And, and this is what we need done. And this is what's going to happen when you're here. Yeah. They may call out sick or something like that, but you're more or less in control of, of that aspect. Well, the volunteer, they say, it's like, Oh, my car wouldn't start. So I'm not, I got to get my battery chain. I'm not coming in today, you know, to, to help out. And ah, what are we going to do? You know, that, that can create its own set of conflict circumstances, you know, mm-hmm. where, where, cause you, I, I know what it's like to rely on someone and their generous, you know, their generosity of being here to do this. And, and all of a sudden you start planning like, okay, so-and-so will handle this and so-and-so will handle this and so-and-so will handle this. And somebody doesn't come in, somebody's got to pick up that slack because it's a volunteer position. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Well, I've been on both sides of what you were describing, and I think we all have. It's really informative to lead something that's volunteer based, and then you know, get to that point where you've had a lot of people maybe call out, like you're describing. They had a personal situation, and it starts to frustrate you because it, you know, you've got all these things stacked up to make it work the way that it's intended to work. And then somebody pulls the Jenga cube out and feels like it's going to teeter over. And then what tends to happen to us is we're that person. It's happened to me multiple times where I was leading something, had lots of volunteers, was starting to get a little bit of a frustration about all the accommodating that had to happen. And then all of a sudden I was the one that needed accommodating. And it really illustrated to me, people decide if you're for real when they have that happen. And what I mean by that is by preparing to say, look, when, when people have their troubles, we don't get to decide if they're really what they say they are, significant, insignificant. We have to be prepared to just say, we're going to be who we said we were, which is no problem. Yes, there's stuff, there are things to adjust, but, and the trust it's always, it always ends up working out, right? Yeah. I'm sure you, I've learned that over the years, I've had a volunteer component of one of my businesses and, and, you know, but if you hold on too tightly and, and you're not prepared to treat people the way you said that, that you really mean to treat them when they do need you to support them, yeah. then the message is you're not who you say you are. And it only just becomes easier for that person to leave the program entirely volunteer exactly. or otherwise yeah. And it's very, it's very discouraging many times. It is. Because so preparing for that and ultimately sharing with because you learn those, I've learned those lessons, like I said earlier, the hard way. Mm-hmm. Um, and preparing and saying, I know for a fact, team, that we'll all be on both sides of emergencies and different situations. And when this happens, this is what it's going to look like and walk through it. Because when you actually are prepared, you behave the way that you say who you are, your identity as an individual, your identity as an organization, and then people experience it, the bond gets stronger. And that way, you're all able to, like you said, fill in the gaps when the everybody takes a turn. Um, so uh, it's... It's really important to talk about these things in advance because I have seen and been an example of someone with a heart for their team, really wanting to support them because of an immature response in the moment, damage a relationship by not 
showing that the type of caring that I really meant to. And I've seen other leaders do the same, show their frustration instead of support and love. And then that person feels unimportant, unimportant, unsupported, and like, kind of like you were lying the whole time. Yeah. Amen. That's right. That's right. If Amy, if you could sum up in one statement, what the main takeaway your readers will receive from this book, what would that be? It would be that that verse above all these things put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Put on your love for others and you will be able to lead and follow and unite in ways that are way beyond our comprehension and imagining supernatural. Amen. Amen. How can someone obtain a copy of your book, Glue, a leadership development strategy to bond and unite? Is, is it available on Amazon? You- it is on Amazon. And you if you are interested, you can go to Amazon. Absolutely. Search for Glue and Amy P. Kelly, because if you just search for Glue, it will be glue sticks and glitter glue and epoxy. And <laughs> I, I have we haven't gotten to the point where it's the first thing that comes up yet. So just keep that in mind. And then there is a, a website, gluebondandunite.com. And if uh, there are some special shareables there, and I also have um, a study guide and, and discussion guide that goes with the book. If people are, if they, there's some instructions on how to reach out to me and I can send that to you. Amen. Amen. So our website again is glue bond and A-N-D unite. Yes, correct. Okay. All right. I'll, stand. I'll put links to that down in the show notes below. Uh, if someone has a question they want to ask you, uh, you know, maybe do an interview like this. How can they get in touch with you through the website? Sure. Yes, there's there is contact information on the website, and you can also email me at leadership at amypkelly.com. Okay. All right. And yeah, you know, this is so interesting. I'm going to put links to all that down below. But folks, you need to obtain your own copy of Amy Kelly's book, Glue: A Leadership and Development Strategy to Bond and Unite. This book. As you've heard, it will transform your life, your business, your relationships. Just go down to the show notes, click the links right there to order your copy today. Amy, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us today. I do appreciate it so much. Thank you. I'm very grateful, Robert, and I am grateful to just have this conversation with you and be a part of all the good work that you're doing. So thank you. Well, thank you so much. Folks, that's all the time we have for today. For Amy Kelly and myself, it's Pastor Bob reminding you once again, be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this. 
your voice, reaching thousands, your story, inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success. Thank you.